Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. My name's Reeves and uh, I'm right here from the heart of Knoxville and I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about people finding Christ and knowing actually who he is. And, um, you know, I had the chance to come to this church about a month ago. Me and some friends just showed up. I just, I just called Pastor Jay and I just said, I'm coming. <laughs> you remember that? I said, I'm just, I'm coming. And he said, man, come on. And I showed up and what I fell in love with um, <clears throat> was the passion of this church um, that you guys run with. And first off, let me just say this. You love your pastors? Come on, can we honor your pastors real quick? The vision that he carries for this church, him and his wife, Shannon, that carry for this church is, is such a beautiful thing to see. You know, I met your pastor a few months, uh, I don't know, it's, I don't know, maybe half a year ago. I mean, it's, we, we've only known each other not that long. Man, we just kind of fell in love with each other's ministries. And um, can I just tell you that I'm honored to be standing in your pulpit? You, you run something so special here, both of you do. Uh, from the kids' ministry to uh, the missions to your heart, um, what you do on stage, you do off stage. I'm inspired by how you run things. I, I was telling your sound guy, Kenny, Kenny back there, running it strong back there. I was telling him, yeah, come on. You know, when you, you got to have a good sound guy. Ain't nothing going to work. <laughs> uh, but I was like, man, I'm going to change several things in my church because I just love how you guys do it. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, um, <clears throat> I love this church because it's passionate from the front to the back. When I came here a few months ago, I, I, I just told the, the team that I was with, I said, I just watch how they worship. I, I love it because when you turn around, you see it from the back to the front. I love the story of where the church has been and where it's gone and the turmoil and the frustration. And, and now you're in this beautiful space in another church. And look at you, you're growing and I, and, I, and I love it. I love it. It's inspiring. I just, I'm telling you all this because sometimes you don't get to see it or hear it from other people. You're in it. You're doing the thing. You know what I mean? You're seeing it. You're seeing God grow. You're seeing God do things. But from an outside perspective, it's beautiful to watch. And I love it. I absolutely love it. You're passionate. You're, the growth of this place is just beautiful. So um, a little bit about me. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Come on now. <laughs> we got any Bama fans in this place? Got one. Got one. <laughs> now that's probably, you're probably already turned to me off right now. Like you're like, I'm done with this dude. <clears throat> it's your year, you know. I, I'm so glad for you. Uh, I stayed up real late at the game last night, by the way. I didn't get home till one o'clock. So I was there. I support in Tennessee. I can't wear the orange yet, but you know, I'm, I'm trying you know, Jesus bled crimson. He didn't bleed any other color. But anyways, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so a um, little bit about me. I, I, we, we moved to Knoxville to plant a church several years ago and just fell in love with the city and the people and the commerce. And, and uh, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just love what God's doing in this city and throughout the city. I want to show you my family, though, real quick. Um, if you've got that picture, throw it on up there. You see that? Look at there. Look at there. I'm the guy, the big guy up there, if you didn't notice, in the brown shirt. And um, I, um, this is my wife. She's actually preaching for me right now at our church. Because we, we do the same thing. 
We do the same thing as you guys do. We do church in the evening times in another church. How about that? Isn't that crazy? We're doing the same thing. So that's my wife. Her name's Jen. She's the backbone to our ministry. She's just, she does everything. I'm telling you, she does everything for us. It's, it's amazing. Uh, this is my oldest son right there. His name's Braden. He's a He's got that unity shirt on. His, he's a sports phenom kid, just loves sports, eats it up. He's very gracious with who he is. He's a leader. One thing I teach my boys all the time and my daughter um, is you got to learn how to follow well before you can lead well. And so it's, it's a challenge. He's just uh, 12 years old, and so like it's funny to watch him um, lead. He's team captain on his football team. He plays for Farragut, and, and, and it's just it's, it's amazing to watch how, him, how he grows. Um, uh, the... The little boy right there, he's a middle child. Any middle children out here? Wave your hand at me. No one cares. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm totally teasing. His name's Braxton, and he, he absolutely is passionate. What I love about Braxton is he's an includer. He includes people. It's a, it's a, it's a gift that God has blessed him with, and, um, and I, I love that about his heart. And this is little Lucy, my daughter. She's a pistol, y'all. I let her do whatever she wants to. It's just kind of how it rolls in the Wilder household. And so that's who we are. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in the pulpit and be in front of you guys today. You guys ready for church now? Come on, hang with me while I read a little bit of scripture. You're killing it back there. Worship was so good, so good. All right, listen, all right, here, here's the deal. This, uh, this evening, we're going to be in uh, uh, Mark chapter, let me make sure I get this right, Mark chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1, okay? We're going to start in verse 1, and I want to read this scripture to you. And I love the account of how Mark talks about um, scripture. I, in this book, I think it's important to note that Mark presents this rapid succession. He fires off um, uh, these vivid pictures of Jesus in action. It's not that, in, that, that any of the other gospels weren't good at doing that. It's just that Mark, if you're creative in the room, go read the book of Mark because it's beautiful pictures, very vivid. It's, I love how he writes and because that's kind of how I roll. And so in Mark, he, 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 he talks about this story, but what I love about it is, is that in this book, it, it is revealing his true identity by what he does, not necessarily by what he says. All right? And so, yeah, you know, in the book, there's, there's a lot of this by what he says, and you get off of that, you know, but, but, but it really is about what he does. And I, and I love this about this book. It's, it's revealing his true identity. And so it's Jesus on the move. All right? You with me? So you ready to read a little bit of scripture? It's, it's, you, you okay with me reading a little scripture? Okay, it's a little bit, so just hang with me. I'm, I, my, my assignment here this evening is to bring something to life to you. All right, it's not for you to get, for you to retain everything that you hear from me, but there's one, two, maybe three things in your life that's going to shift. That maybe you go like, I need to change that about me. That's my assignment. So I just want to go ahead and put that up front. You ready? Here we go. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 1. This is the story of Jesus um, forgiving and healing the paralyzed man. All right, here we go. It says, a few days later, when Jesus entered again Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Let me just pause for a second. This was a place that was very, very familiar for Jesus. This would be like, you know, when you go back to a place and you get that old smell or that old sound or that, oh, it's just, it's just in you. It's you, you're home again. This is, this, I need to set that tone real quick. Verse 2, he says, They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Verse 3, Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. 
He said, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and, and then lowered the man on the mat that he was lying on. Anybody else have a little anxiety there? Just punching through the hole of somebody else's house? Man, I'd be like, yo, please stop. I, we'll get you in. Just stop tearing a hole in my roof. Anyways. So when Jesus saw their faith, which I think is important, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. He says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? They're talking about Jesus. And he's, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? In verse 8, he says, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit. Come on, sometimes you know something's going on in your spirit. And he knew it. And Jesus said this. Um, he said, I know what you're thinking. because I, I can feel it. I sense it. And he says to them, why are you thinking these things? He says, which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the man, he pauses and then he talks to the guy. He says, I tell you, get up and take the mat and go home. The last, last part of the scripture here. He got up, he took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God, saying, we have never, ever seen anything like this. Isn't that a beautiful story? It's such a beautiful story. Let me pray, and then we'll jump right into the next part. God, thank you for today. God, speak to us. God, help us to open our ears and our heart for what you have to say. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you so much. Hey, okay, so I'm going to go a little old school on you. You ready? So in this story, what I love about this story is that it just paints this beautiful picture of a man being healed by Jesus. And um, what I love about Scripture is that the Bible says that it is active, living, and alive in us, right? And so when it's active, living, and alive, which means that if I can read this scripture, um, if I can read this scripture uh, one day, it doesn't really hit me a certain way, but a year later I read it, it comes alive in me. I see things. So what I've chosen to do is go a little old school, and I want to show you a video of the very thing that I just read to you, but I think it's going to bring this whole story alive for you. You want to watch it? Yeah. You guys good? All right, let's go. Let's, let's roll that video. Jesus of Nazareth. I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope. Put it back, man. If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. Thank you, 
is what you wanted. Get out your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. Down. Down. By whose authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed. Does that fire anybody up in the room today? <clears throat> I don't know. I know it's a little cheesy, but I love bringing that story to life with that video. Sometimes I'll watch it. I'll watch it sometimes. 
um, when I'm alone. I, I, just, I just love watching it and bringing that scripture to life. If I had a title, and I don't do titles much, but if I do have a title, it's called Authorized Break-In. And, um, <laughs> and so today, I get ready because I'm excited about what God's going to do. Hey, there are a couple of interesting points throughout this story that I want to bring to life. I think there's hundreds that you could bring out of this story, to be honest with you. Uh, the, the pure fact that Jesus is who he is in this story is a great way of doing that. I mean, there's so many different ways and different um, avenues that you can grow your life through this story, but I'm going to pull out three today. You good with that? I'm going to pull out three. The first one is, is just simply titled friends. I think friends are incredibly important. And um, for some of us, this is an absolute crutch for us. We have acquaintances, right? We have, we have people that are around us. We, we interact with people. But when people get really close, we have an issue, right? We, we, we build these walls, and I get it. So we don't want to let everybody in. We, we don't need to let everybody in. But, but, but what I'm talking about, sometimes we have issues with having good friendships. We block people. It's because of what we're walking through, what we've walked through. We've been hurt or maybe we've had some issues or some problems in our life. And, and a lot of times it's, 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 um, it's incredibly hard to have good friendships. Can I just release some pressure for some of you today? Not all friends have to be best friends. Come on, gonna get a more of a, maybe a, maybe an amen there. Like, not all friends gotta be best friends. There there are circles of friendships, and that that's okay. There's people in my life, um, Jay, that 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 are, um, and this is gonna sound terrible, but it, it's not it's not this way. It's it's just that you're gonna spend maybe a year or two around them. They're gonna bring joy to your life in a season. Maybe it's a work situation for you. Maybe it's a transition for you. But then there's people that are going to come into your life for 10, 15 years that'll fight battles with you. They're not going to be with you for the rest of time. They're not going to be with you your whole life. And the problem is, is that we think that we can just deem everybody as best friends. And that's awesome and amazing. But sometimes when that separation uh, happens, we struggle. We, we, we struggle big time. And so um, we, 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 uh, we, we struggle with building the long-lasting relationships. And, and to relieve some more of that pressure, really, best friends, I, I'm a guy that has a lot of acquaintances. I enjoy traveling. I'm a network kind of type of person. It's, it's kind of who I am. But I only have about five best friends in my life. Like people, you know what I'm talking about, people that you can go on a long car ride, and you ain't got to say nothing, and they don't get upset. You know what I mean? Like we, we, can, we can sit in silence, and it's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's the person that I can call, and if I'm struggling, they'll do anything to help me through it. There's only a few of those in your life, right? And so, so what I love about this story is it, is it brings this to life. And Mark chapter 2, verse 3 even indicates it a little bit. It says, some men, came in, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man, carried four of them. So there was five people, right? And these friends were so inspired right, um, by his story, by his life, by his sickness, um, that they, they were um, inspired to get this person and take him to Jesus. Now, we, we only know that he couldn't walk. We didn't know what was going on really with him. I'm just assuming that it's his legs, but, you know, friendships are incredibly important. Would you say so? Yes. Um, uh, let me illustrate it real quick. Can I, can I borrow one of you guys, any one of you, on the front row? 
Just any of you. Yeah, perfect. Tennessee shirt, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so this is what we do. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> What's your name? Peyton. Peyton. Thanks for coming up here, Peyton. Give it up for Peyton, guys. <clears throat> Just stay right there for a second. So this is what we do with friendships. Um, sometimes we build walls in our life, and we have friends like Peyton that we can talk to and go have coffee, but I'm never going to let Peyton get too close. And what happens is, is when we start fighting uh, the enemy, when we start having our problems, right, the enemy comes from all sides, and when we're fighting the enemy and we're getting hit by finances, we're getting hit by, um, we're getting hit by this season of life, we're getting hit by um, our kids are out of control. Come on, somebody. We're getting hit by all different types of things, and we're fighting this way, and we're getting pushed around. But the Bible says in Ephesians, right, where, where, um, where friends are great companions to have. And so what, what you do is you link up, and then so now when the enemy comes, we fight. All right, turn around, man. Back to back. Back, back to back, yeah, yeah. And then so, so we're fighting. Are you fighting over there? Yeah, yeah. So we're fighting, right? And so, so this, this is the beauty of having friendships. And a lot of times we, we have these walls where we don't want to talk about, especially as men, we don't want to talk about what's going on in our lives. But this is ordained and, and brought up in the Bible for us to have. Thank you, Peyton. Give, give Peyton a give Peyton a hand. And so what, what I'm saying is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says this. Two people are better than one, right? For they can help each other succeed, is what the Bible says. It says if one person falls, then the other one can reach out their hands to help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble, this is important. This is why we take the time to build and cultivate relationships. This is why we do um, small groups and groups and community and go on trips overseas to do other things for Jesus because we're building community within each other. We're building friendships that will last. We're building friendships that will help us when times get tough, right? And so, so I, like, this is what I want to be, you know, a, a great friend, and get you some friends that will reach out when you fall. Better yet, be the friend um, to help somebody make it through their broken marriage, through maybe a bad report at the doctor. Be the one that will go the distance. Fight for people, right? Fight for people. Don't fight alone. All right, so friendship's important in this, in this, in this scripture. The second thing that I see that's really important is persistence. Is persistence. Some of us give up way too easy in this area. We need some persistence in our life. Sometimes we just need to learn how to like grind it out. Come on, we need, we need a little bit more persistence in our life. John Mark says, when he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So when he saw their faith, not when he read his Bible correctly, not when he had the right amount of prayer time, not when um, he did something correctly that would please God. No, the Bible says, because of your persistence, I see it, which this is what faith is. And so, so, so for a minute, faith is just the substance things hoped for, right? And the evidence of things not seen. 
So, so for instance, I'm hoping that I become a great dad with my kids. Sometimes I want to lose my mind. Anybody else? Is it just me? Yeah, Woo, I heard that somewhere out there. But I'm hoping, I'm having faith that I'm going to lean in and love and learn and build people around me, read God's word and grow my faith, right? For the thing that I can't see yet. I want him to live well when he turns eight. He's borrowing my faith right now. I'm teaching him how to live life well right now. I'm teaching him how to use his faith right now. But one day he's going to be out of my care. He's going to go on. And I want to use my faith right now for, for, for the things I can't see. That's what faith is. Life's greatest opportunities aren't always obvious in front of you. And, I, and I'll prove it to you. I, I, am, I know I might not look like it, but I'm an avid hunter. Any hunters in the house? <clears throat> Come on, I got a few rednecks out there. All right. So um, I, love, I love to hunt, Jay. It is like one of my things. It is where I love, I spend a lot of times in the woods, and I'm going to speak to you hunters for a minute. If, you, if you're not a hunter, I'm going to explain a few things. You, 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 I'll give it to you. So I, we, we own, a, we own a, a bunch of land back in Alabama, and we, we go hunt every year. I take my boys, and um, it is, I, I'll spend a lot of time in the woods. I've wrote a lot of sermons in tree stands, and um, I enjoy hunting. So the property that I hunt on is 95% hardwoods. So those of you that don't know, that means there's a lot of trees, okay? Um, and so, like, I'll climb up and I'll hunt hardwood. So I can't see, you know, 50 yards, 75 yards past, you know, the trees, right? So I, I can only see so far, right? Typically, it's 30, 40, 50 yards, and I can, I can, I can shoot a deer, right? And I'm a deer hunter, turkey hunter, and I, and I do it ethically. I feel like I need to say that just so people aren't, I'm not just out there shooting animals, okay? I, we source them. It's a thing. We, you, okay. Um, I but I remember one day, it was, uh, it was actually last year, and I, I made the trip down there. And Jay, I got up in the woods, and it was a good day. It was real cold. It was foggy. You know, just the hunting. I just felt good. And, and, and the thing about hunting is, in hardwoods, your eyes get real fatigued because the trees, you're not, it's not open. You, so you're straining. And so, you know, I have binoculars constantly on me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just looking out there. And then I notice Kenny in the back. No, I'm just kidding. No, and then I notice, <clears throat> I notice some deer moving around. Out there on the edge. I definitely couldn't shoot them. They're too far out. But I, I noticed them. And so I, I, I held my binoculars up. And I, I mean, I'm literally, Jay, I'm like this for 20 minutes watching them. I'm like, please move forward. You know, just like come this way. And um, in one moment... I put my binoculars down like this and just, just this movement alone because deer are really, they're, they're really, really cautious animals. Uh, they can sense way better than a dog can. They can see pretty well and they can, um, they just know when humans are around. And so, uh, and so when I put my binoculars down, I spooked this massive buck that I've been trying to hunt for three and a half years, y'all. I'm talking about like I've been fighting to find this animal. And he stomps his foot and he takes off blowing and snorting and the other ones take off. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me right now? And what I had done is I gotten so focused on the thing that was way ahead that I didn't see the very thing that was right in front of me. And God spoke to me. He said, Reeves, you constantly are looking ahead. 
You are constantly looking ahead in your finances. You're constantly looking ahead in your uh, building of your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you should save. I think you should do all that. I think you should plan for your kids. I think you should plan. But if you get caught up in doing that, you're going to miss the very thing that God has for you right now. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you because it's easy. It's easy to think what God could do, can do. I'm, my faith, I'm building my faith and we're all there. But if we get caught looking at the thing that we're hoping that will change our lives, God says we're not promised tomorrow. He, he says we're not promised tomorrow. But what we are promised is today. The goal is not the end result of what we have here on earth. Is, which is, what is it, the, the house with the 3.1 kids and, you know, everything paid for, the picket fence, the tire swing, it's just beautiful. We all, like, that's, that's not the goal, which is, that's the monetary goal. That's not a bad goal, but the goal is the moment, right? The goal is right now. That's what God says. He, it's, it's, it's for the moment. And so it's like, God, I see it out there. I see it out there. And I remember just writing, the most obvious thing is to do you know, um, in this season for this man is to just heal him. Jesus, just heal the man. Why are we battling back and forth? You are God. Let's just heal the man, right? And which he did, but it wasn't his first response. His first response was to tell him, because of your persistence to get to me, your sins are forgiven, which is, which is great, Lord. I, I thank you for um, forgiving me of my sins. But as a paralyzed man for my whole life, I, I would like to have some persistence in my knees. Like that's, what I, that's where I'm at. Like, Jesus, can you just heal me? Like, this is, that we did all this. Let's just, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. But I just would really love to be healed. Come on, have you ever been walked through your whole life like, God, thank you for this, but... I really was asking for that, or I need that, and you gave me this, which doesn't make sense sometimes in my walk, right? And so I wrote this question down. What do you do when God bypasses, bypasses what you want to give you what you need? The man wanted to be healed. What if the four men carrying that guy got to the house just to say, yo, this is way too crowded? Like, I'm, I, you know, anybody like roll up on McDonald's, which is, and you're like, I ain't sitting in that line. I ain't sitting in no line. I hate lines. Unless it's Chick-fil-A, they get through it pretty quick. But like, I don't want to sit in lines. I don't want to wait for things. You know what I mean? Like we live in this world where I can Google something. You, you ask me a question, I can Google it in five seconds. I, I can get the answer. But I have a problem with this. And so do we. Well, I mean, just think for a moment how many times, how many miracles have we wasted in our own lives because we don't have the persistence? And we get to the thing or the place or it's too hard for us and we're having mental breakdowns and we're walking through like anxiety problems and we're, we're in a season with our kids, it's frustrating. We're seasoned as parents, that's frustrating. We're seasoned as, as seasoned people, that's really frustrating. We're, and, and we just want to get out of it. Nobody signs up. This is like, you know what? I would love to sign up to be, have some hardship in my life. No, nobody in here would do that. No, nobody, nobody would want to do that. But Jesus said, before I do something for you, I want to do something in you. And the problem is, is that we want to change in our life consistently the things that we don't like. It's like putting on a mask. 
you know, it's like, I don't, I'm just going to put on a mask. I'll, I'll, you bless you, brother. It's a great day. I've, I've, we're doing great. And you're like dying inside. You know what I mean? And the problem is, is we're trying to, we're just trying to um, self-medicate. We're, we're doing self-image medication well. We're just, what other people would like to see, I'm doing that. When we need to be changing the thing from the inside, because when we're changed from the inside, then the outside shows the appearance. Does that make sense? But it's very hard to do it like that. It's very hard, right? So he said, before I do something for you, I want to do something in you. All right, so, so you, you, you need friends. You need to have great friends in your life. You need to have some persistence. And the third thing is that you've got to have peace in the process. This is a mantra that I live in my family. We say these things consistently with my kids. There's peace in this process, son. I know you don't understand. I know it's hard for you to understand right now. He's 12. I mean, but I have to say the same thing to me, you know, like there's peace in this process. And sometimes the process looks daunting. Like it looks hard. It looks frustrating. And we don't want to do the process part of our miracle. Like, you know, stay faithful. You know, stay faithful in the season where you don't want to. Stay faithful, you know, the, the Bible talks about like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say though I walk and then I like take my tent out and camp there. Although we feel like that sometimes, don't we? No, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear any evil. I'm going to walk through it because I'm going to come out on the other side of it. And as I walk through it, I'm going to learn something in, in the moment of this frustration and this hardship and learning with my kids and learning through life. And just, I want to learn. I don't want to just do that again. I don't want to get to my 50s because I'm 41. Good Lord. I don't want to get to my 50s, which is nine years down the road, and go, I'm still the same person as I was when I was 41. I just, I don't, gee, I don't want to be there. I, I want to continually shift and see things in me that needs to change. I, I want to be a better friend. I, I want to live a more persistent life. And, and I want to have peace in the process when, when the world seems like it is losing its mind over certain things. We, we, there is no gray area anymore. You're either, th- you're either this side or that side. You're either believing in this or you're believing in that. And if you're one or the other, the other side's not going to like you. And it's, it's, just, it's just a hard world to live in. And so, so again, let's go back to Mark chapter 2 in, in verse 5. He says, when Jesus saw, come on, say saw. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this guy talk like this? He's blaspheming. He, he's, he's, who in the world can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was going on. He says, why are you guys thinking this? Like, why are you, like you, why are you doing this right now? And I get it. Pharisees, all those were, were like super, um, they were religious. Um, they were, uh, this whole new concept of what Jesus was, was not taken very good in those days, right? So I, I can understand. He says, why are you thinking this? Jesus says, which is easier to say to this man, this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to get up and take your mat and walk. He says, but I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you to get up and take your mat and go home. And he gets up. And this is, Jay, this is what really challenged me. 
he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. So there was, there was opposition while he was laying there. The man's laying there just needing to be healed. And Jesus is going back and forth with these Pharisees over the guy. Just, just, just please. So, so here's what I wrote down. His, his friends got his sins forgiven, and his haters got him healed. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to be woke on you. His sin, like, his friends ain't getting him healed. I mean, and, and like, his sins forgiven. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But his, sin, his friends were so persistent in getting the man to Jesus that they weren't going to let anything stop them. That the, the, the persistence, the drive, the friendships got him there in front of Jesus. And then the opposition between the two got him healed. Did you notice in the text where he says, you're, now that I saw your faith, your persistence, your growth, I see that. Um, I see it. So your sins are forgiven because your heart is for me. And then the opposition happens. And then he says, now that your sins have been forgiven, take up your mat and walk. Has anyone ever felt like somebody's given up on you? Maybe, maybe walked away from you? Maybe, if, maybe in your own family? You know what that feeling is? You know, it's like, have you ever felt that? This, this religious, um, these religious men had no sympathy for this man. And what I feel every time that opposition comes into my life, because ain't nobody again signing up for opposition. If I had a small group full of oppositions, y'all, none of y'all would sign up. Y'all would be like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to do that small group. That sounds terrible. But the thing about it is, is like, like the opposition proves the opportunity. So when you're walking through opposition, you have a choice. You could say, this always happens to me. This is my life. This is who I am. And if that's what's coming out of your mouth, it is what will happen to you. Now, I'm not disregarding things that have happened to you and having a hard life and a hard destination, but I'm telling you what comes out of your mouth is powerful. And so you're either going to say, I, I, this is always who I am. I'm always getting the, the, uh, the back end of the deal. Or you can say, you know what, through this situation, through this hard time, through this anxiety, through this uh, problem, through this issue, I'm going to choose to grow through it. Come on. This is, this is the life of a Christian. And so um, there's oftentimes that I thank God for my interruptions. I, I thank God for the pain that I'm walking through. It's not the creator, but I'm thanking him because I'm learning something through it. Right? So the story says to me that the opposition proves the opportunity. And that God uses opposition to bring healing. What has God brought in your life that you're trying to get away from? Jesus said to him, the very thing that you were carried in here on, you were now walking out with. The mat that you've been laying on your entire life, your problem, the thing that you felt like you could never get away from, the issue, 
You know, what I love is he walked out the same door he was denied walking in on the first half. In full view of everybody, and everybody was amazed. So in my personal experience, you know, it's not always obvious that you're becoming wiser. Usually wisdom feels like a dumb decision. (laughs) Anybody else ever felt like that? You're trusting God for the next thing. And this is what it feels like. Ooh, Jesus. I don't know. Like, I feel you calling me there. There's people saying I'm, I can do it, but like, like, uh, and what we do is we do like the Christian two-step. You know what I mean? Like, Lord, I feel you. Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know about this. And some of you are being called to something new, to give resources, to uh, start ministry, to do something. And you're terrified. You're terrified with your kids and you're terrified with your family. What if you're filled with what ifs? And the Bible says you, you can't even please God without faith. And so when you feel that, oh, geez. You know, I say it this way. I move on 60. I do 60%. I'm going to give you some mathematical Jesus right here. Ready? This is how I roll. You don't have to do this. But I get 60% of my, my, my agenda. So if God's calling me to do something, if I feel like I need to go to the next place, I do 60% of my homework. If I can get past 50%, then I, I'm, I go. I don't know what the next outcome is. When I planted a church, I raised money. I built a team. We moved to a city. I did the part. And then I was like, okay, God, do the rest because I don't know what I'm doing. And so I, that's my method is you can only prepare so much. We all want clarity. But if we have 100% clarity, you use 0% of your faith. And so the Bible says again that you can't even please God without your faith. And some of you need to stretch your faith today. You need to learn how to stretch your faith with your kids and, and, and um, your job and your situation. And so um, the key is that you, you have to gain wisdom off of the experience today for a much brighter tomorrow. And sometimes that's hard because it feels like you're making a a bad decision sometimes. What if? What if it doesn't work out? What if my kids hate the new place? What if, man, y'all, I I can what if myself to death. Anybody else? Like I can really go there. Which brings me to my next point. Who loves to gamble? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, all right, all right. Got a couple in here. This is great. Passions. Who did you bring in today? What a transition. I love it. I love it. There's this story, speaking of gambling. (laughs) There's this story. um, If you you follow horse racing, which I don't, but I saw this story, which was amazing. It really blew my mind. It was 2022's, um, 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 what is it called? The Kentucky Derby. The 2022 Kentucky Derby was mind-blowing. Let me give you a a premise. You know, what they do is they have horses and riders on horses, if you didn't know. And they run this race, and they continue to run this race um, for the pure fun of it, and also people gamble on it. And so um, they they had a horse get sick last minute. 
20 minutes before, 20, 30 minutes before the, the race was to go on. Could have been COVID. I have no idea. And so uh, the horse, they have to take the horse and the, the rider doesn't get to choose another horse because that's his horse. The horse actually gets sick. First off, could you imagine being that guy? Like, are you kidding me? Anyways, uh, so, so they, they, they take that horse out and they put this horse in uh, this other horse and his rider and his, the horse's name is called Rich Strike. And what I love about this story is that not one person thought that Rich Strike could pull anything off. And can I just, can we just show that video real quick? Can y'all just watch? It's like 45 seconds long. Zozos is next after three quarters in one minute, ten and four foot seconds. And now Epicenter comes splitting horses and is moving up quickly as Brown Pride takes the lead around the far turn. It is Brown Pride battling with Messier. They're stride for stride. Epicenter and Zozos in behind them. Cyberdex sweeps up on the outside. Sandon gets the rail run and they're into the stretch. And it's Messier, Crown Pride, and Epicenter is coming up on the outside. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two, stride for stride. Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter, Sandon, reach strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my Is that not mind-blowing for anybody that doesn't even watch horse racing? I know some of you in here, like, I don't condone that. But, it, I mean, just, I, I get it. But, like, watching him, like, the announcer didn't even say anything until he won the race, like, right before it. And this is our life, is that we feel like we're consistently behind. And you feel like God's never going to see me. I'm never going to be healed of my issue. I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to have anxiety that I can't control. I'm always going to be at a place where I'm broken. But God sees you differently. Everybody had there on this, on this race, it's so funny, that everybody was betting for Epicenter. He was the horse to win it for like a year long. And so I did a little, um, a little study on horses pastor. I, I, I don't know what you call it. Horsey culture. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. But horses that you have out of their um, natural habitat, like if you have them in cities or racing or um, they have to have something. They have to have blinders, right? <clears throat> and so, um, and the reason is, is that horses can nearly see 360 degrees around them. They're very finicky animals. Um, some would say they're highly distracted consistently. And so they have to put these blinders on. You've seen these, haven't you? Horses. So they're like this. You know, walking around. Sometimes it's just like, look at that guy just, just looking forward. That would look terrible. But the problem is, is if they get into a city without blinders on, they start looking at everything. You know, they start, they start, they start really getting fidgety. And some of them will lose their mind. The, the horses will literally lose it. You've seen these, like, with a horse and carriage just take off through the city? That's terrifying to me. Those are big animals. <clears throat> but God was speaking to me, and he said, you know, Reeve, sometimes you need some blinders in your life because you're being pulled from 
whatever Facebook is doing and whatever Instagram is doing and what the news is saying and what your household is doing. And, and you're just trying to fix everything. You're going out trying to put fires out. You're trying to fix things. You're trying to help. And, and, and the Lord showed me like, Reese, you, you need to do this. Isn't it funny how he just showed me that through a horse race? <laughs> Reeves, I need you to keep your eyes focused. Not necessarily your eyes, but your heart. Because it's easy to see everything around us. You see what your friends do. You wish you had what they had. You, 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 you wish you didn't have to walk through some of the things. You wish you had it better. You, you see stuff on Instagram and Facebook, and you're really living off of somebody else's highlight reels. They're just not showing you the bad parts. And you're, you're saying things like, I wish my life was different and better. And, and the problem is, is we don't have these filters in our life, which we have to create. We've got to create the, we've got to put some things down in a season. Some of you right now need to put things down in your life in this season. You need to just put, it's not, it's, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just that you don't need it in your life right now. Just set it down. Set it down. And it, he wasn't even favored by a little. <clears throat> the story is crazy. So here's what I've learned. In order to run your race effectively, you have to eliminate distractions. Paul was the best at this. You can't get, listen, you can't go work. I, I know I look like I work out, but I, you can't go and run on a treadmill looking at the person beside you the entire time. What happens? You get tripped up. It's the famous saying, like you can't drive your car in a rear view with the, looking in the rear view mirror. Why? Because we want to go back to what we know. We're comfortable with what we had, and God's taking you to a different place. He's saying, put your eyes on me, and I will guide you. Lord, I don't want to. This is, this is difficult, Lord. This is, I've never been here. And Paul is saying, listen, run for the prize. You know what the hard thing is, though? You guys have just been in Philippians, right? What a four chapters of five, I'm just mind-blowing stuff. You know, one of the f most famous quoted scriptures in Philippians is, I can do all things, right? Through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Isn't that such a beautiful, we should have it all tattooed across our chest like thugs. I can do all things because he's with me. But the problem is, is that's such a beautiful scripture that we just throw out there and nothing happens. But if you back that scripture up, just a few more. Paul's writing from prison, and he says, the reason I can do all things is because I've learned how to be content. It's a learned process, the Bible actually says. I learned how to be content when I have plenty, when I have nothing. For God's sake, he's writing it from jail. He's like, I, when I don't have food, when I have food... I've learned how to be content with who God made me to be. So in this moment, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Doesn't mean that the situation feels any better. Doesn't mean like you're not going to walk through hardships. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get, you know, through the next step or the next stage like you perfectly want to, right? It's a learned thing to be content. And Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians, in verse uh, chapter 9, 
this story. And I want to read it to the message version. It says this. It says, you've all been to a stadium and you've seen the athletes race. He said, everyone runs. You've seen it. He said, but one wins and he runs to win. All good athletes, they train hard. And they do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. But you, you are after the gold eternally. Right? He says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. He said, I'm giving it everything I got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and I'm staying in top condition. He says, I'm not going to get caught napping or I'm telling everyone else all about it and I'm missing out myself. Run to win. Run to win. Some of life's greatest opportunities aren't always obvious. And some of God's greatest invitations show up in the forms of interruptions. So are you being interrupted today in your season, in your life, where you are, how you're walking? Where's your interruptions? I wouldn't be so quick to throw them out because it's a place of growth. Will you stand with me? I'm going to land this plane right here. My heart is that you're challenged today in one of those areas. Lord, I can be a better friend. I could use some persistence in my life. I need some peace where I'm at. Rolling with a lot of anxiety, Lord. I just am heartbroken most days. I feel sad a lot. I really need my kids to be in a certain place. Like I just try. God, I just I need you in a season. I need you. Hold on a second. Would you, would you just take a moment and will you close up, bow your heads, you can close your eyes, whatever you do to delete distractions for just a moment. There's no really no rhyme or reason why we do it. It's just so we can just kind of hear and eliminate distractions. For some of you, when I talked about the amazing grace of Jesus, and the thought that you can bring your brokenness confidently to him. You've never thought about it like that. You've never realized it. You always thought that you had to do something to make God happy with you. <laughs> Say something, give to something, never realizing that his grace is available for you. Never realizing that the Father has this extravagant love for you. Some of you need a new beginning in your life. You need a fresh start. You need to know that your sins are truly forgiven, that you have peace with God about it. So easy to not have confidence in our journey. Some of you need to know that for sure. And so in just a moment, like, we're going to pray together as a church. And I want to give you an opportunity to have that peace and confidence to know that your sins are forgiven. But first, in in this room, or if you're listening later on online, or 
and you say, I need to learn how to be a better friend. I need to really learn how to have some persistence in my life. I need, I need to learn how to have true peace in my life with all eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? I need to learn. Come on, just keep, keep them up for just a moment. I need to learn how to have peace. I need to learn how to be a better friend. And I need to learn how to process. Hands up everywhere. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, you know, you say, God, I'm putting you at the center of my life. Not just in my life, but you are who I am. And you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And I do this everywhere I go. Today, I want to give you the opportunity. I want you to know um, that I'm praying with you. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up long enough for I can see it. No one's going to come to you. We're not going to point you out. We wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But if that's you today, like I just need to know Jesus in my heart. Like I just don't have this relationship. I don't, if that's you today, would you just, again, would you just raise your hand up? One, two, three. Come on, a few hands around the room. Lord, you're amazing. You're amazing. What you do in this room, in this house, you're amazing. Come on, I, I want to pray together, out loud, for the benefit of those who just slipped their hand up for the first time. Come on, will you say with me, Jesus? Come on, everybody in the room, Jesus, I need you. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today I make you Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning in Jesus' name. And everybody said,